chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. We're getting closer to the end of the book, and there's still some things left to get here, and I'm glad that we've gone through the book of Romans. We're getting to the very end. And these passages, the past couple weeks, I've been digging deep into some commentaries and other helps because these verses, you need a little bit of help in here as you're looking at where to go and a direction to go. And so as we look here tonight, Romans 15, I want you to look with me down to verse number 18 through verse 21 tonight, 18 through 21. And uh, for sake of that, a lot of us last week weren't here during the Super Bowl, so we're going to read 14 through 21 tonight. It says, And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort, as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about, um, um, and of course, like in my Bible here, it splits up, Ilricum, Ilricum. And if you say, I can say that better, then you get up and say it. Anybody want to say it better? Don't want to say it better. Anybody in the room? Go ahead. Better? There, there are a lot of things that have changed in this church in 11 years, but there is one thing that has not changed for sure. And you resemble that right there, and we'll leave that alone there. Let's keep on reading. I set myself up for that. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. Father, I need your help tonight. This passage is one of those passages from last week and this week. As you get towards the end of a book here, there's, there's good stuff here. Paul's being very personal here in his writing to those Christians. So I pray that we'd be able to pick up on some thoughts tonight and help us and guide us tonight. We love you. We need you in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I think you can see throughout the book of Romans that Paul has a heart for lost people. Paul has a desire to see people get saved and to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Last week, we looked at verse 14 through 17, and we looked at some of the characteristics of a soul winner. And if there's, I could not think of a greater soul winner in all the world than the Apostle Paul. 
I love that wherever he was, wherever he went, I don't care if he was on trial before some high up ranking person. This is what happened to me one day on Damascus Road. The Lord came to me. I think about, he said, that one man says, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian, almost. But Paul was a soul winner. He strived to get the gospel out. In these verses tonight, we see that city mentioned right there. And I love how it's broken up here in my Bible here, but Illyricum, I'll go with that. Illyricum, Illyricum, Illyricum. I'm going to go with that. That sounds better. Illyricum. That's a long ways away from where Paul ministered. Last week we saw how to identify a soul winner. I want to talk a little bit tonight about Paul the missionary. Missionaries and soul winners are a lot alike. There are a lot of similarities. Let me just be straight up and honest with you tonight. All of us are called to be soul winners. There's not a Christian alive today or ever been alive that has not been called to witness. Now, I know there are some Christians, it's just not my gift, and so I don't do it. That's baloney. Every Christian has been called to give the gospel. And this is the thing. You can say all you want, but a spirit-filled Christian will have boldness to give the gospel out. So I hear people often, Pastor, I just could never. Does the Spirit of God live inside you? If he does then you can be witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. We are all called to share the gospel. The Great Commission is for all of us tonight. But when we look at so everyone is called to be a soul winner. But not everyone is a missionary. We are all called tonight to get the gospel to our area here. And there are, and we look around us tonight, we live in Chino. God has called us to, get, Victory Baptist Church has been called by God to get the gospel to Chino. Victory Baptist Church has been called by God to get the gospel to Ontario and Pomona. We were with uh, Brother Jay and Anna the other day, and JJ was along, and he calls, he calls Pomona P-Town. <laughs> he misses P-Town, and I'm like, I thought that was pretty funny. We're called to get the gospel to P-Town. We're called to get the gospel to Chino Hills. We're called to get the gospel to San Bernardino County. To our state. And as much as we can. But not all of us are called to go to a foreign field or a long distance to get the gospel out. But thank God for those that are called to do so. Missionaries are important today. I think, Edna, I think you're grateful for a missionary in the Philippines. Am I right? Very grateful. Where would your family be if there wasn't a missionary? Where would you have heard the gospel without a missionary? We look around the world today, and a couple weeks ago, I went down to Mexico, and we watched that video, and we had that brother Humberto, and he got saved in um, Tony Pisano's church. Where would his family be without the Pisanos going to Mexico, giving up of all the joys of America to go serve God on a foreign field? is very important. I thank God for the missionaries that he's called. But we gotta, we're losing missionaries today. 
There are more missionaries coming off the field today than there are that are staying on the field because a lot of them are getting old. And their health deteriorates. There are not a lot of young people going to the mission field anymore. Parents, let me just put a little plug in here. I know we all want our kids to grow up and live five or ten minutes away so we can see our grandkids all the time when we get older. But some of this room could tell you their kids live five minutes away and their grandkids are five minutes away, but they only see them at Christmas and only a couple times a year. They don't even get to see them all the time. Your desire for your children tonight should be that they are whatever God wants them to be. Parents get this idea in their head that I want my kids to be, I want them to be successful, I want them to make money. I want the greatest thing in all the world our children can do is to be in the center of God's will wherever that is. If that means being a missionary in Africa, that is the safest place for them if that's where God wants them to be. The best place in all the world for us and our children is the center of God's will. And I've heard many people, but I'm just scared what would happen to my... If they're where God wants them to be, there's nothing to be scared about. In fact, I'd be more scared about not being where God wants you to be. Maybe a whale will swallow you. Happened to Jonah, right? He was called somewhere, and he didn't go. And so we need, and we need missionaries today. We need missionaries. I can't wait for the day when one of our kids in this church, God calls them. God's still calling missionaries today. He's still calling pastors today. And I understand not every kid is going to be a pastor. Not every kid's going to be a missionary. You know, people have asked me, do you want your boys, do you want them to be pastors? No. I just want them to be what God wants them to be. And if God wants them to be uh, the best trash truck driver in Chino, then be the best trash truck driver in Chino. Be faithful to church. Teach some young people the word of God and just be faithful where you're at. If that's what God wants, that's what I want. Would it be kind of neat for one of them to follow in their dad's footsteps? Sure. But my dad wasn't a pastor. My dad was just a faithful man. God called me. I had to answer the call. I told him no for a while. But we talk about missionaries. What are things about missionaries tonight? Number one, and we're going to just dive into these things. Number one, we see that a missionary is fruitful. Now, there are people that go to foreign fields, and they never witness, and they never do anything, and they... That's not being a missionary. Just because you go somewhere and raise money and go somewhere, if there's not fruit and you're not leading people to the Lord and doing the Lord's work, that's not being a missionary. The Lord's work matters. As we look at this, I want us to look at verse number 18 and 19 tonight. It says, For I would not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we think about a missionary being fruitful, the first thing we want to look at is that how, what are some things that we see? Paul talks about the fact that it was confirmed by obedient new believers. When people come to Christ, they 
their lives are changed. I know we could sit here all night long, and I know that there are Christians, and I preach, I've preached, and it's hard when you see it sometimes, and you hear people on Facebook in different places, you need to see fruit. If there's not fruit, they're probably not saved. I, I don't like hearing that. Because that's not, you're not a fruit inspector. It's not your job to be a fruit inspector. And the day you become a fruit inspector, you don't know someone's heart. You don't. None of us do. But I'll tell you something. As you're witnessing, and a missionary, when we talk about Paul, the missionary here, one of the things, there was an outward showing. People were growing in the Lord because of his work. It should be that way. In the work of God, be it being a missionary, be it the work of a local church. Let's be honest tonight. If a local church is not seeing people growing in the Lord, that local church is not doing what God's called that church to be. Same thing on the mission field. We look at a missionary, you want to see if uh, some fruit in the ministry. You see people coming to Christ, being followers of Christ, and following Him and His Word. What Paul tells us here is, I have proof that my ministry is real because there are believers everywhere I've left. The Lord's done a work in their lives. And when we look at this, when we think about these things, not only is it confirmed by obedience to new believers, but it's confirmed by witnessing Paul's life. Do you see what Paul says? He says, which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Paul says, and when we look at this, he takes no credit on his own for what the Lord's doing in the life of these believers. But as we look here, and when we think on these things, Paul, look at these words. It's not me, it's Christ. And you see this in churches all the time. And I'm trying to do better myself in this one. You get a group of pastors together. How's your church doing, brother? That's the big thing they say. How many people are coming, brother? Yesterday I was helping with an ordination. I had several people. How's the church? It's good. Things are great. Are you back to pre-COVID numbers? No, we're not back to pre-COVID numbers. In fact, a while back we were doing really good, and then COVID goes through again. And then we've had some of the lowest days, but then it's starting to come back again. God brings an increase to a church, not the pastor. God does the work. We go out, we witness, we share the gospel, we witness and do the things that God's called us to do. But we got to get this thing out of our mind that it's the Lord's the one who brings the increase. Paul makes sure of that in these verses. He's saying, hey, I don't want to say anything of myself. I di- I'm not doing this. But it's God doing the work. And that needs to be our attitude in churches today. At Victory Baptist Church, our attitude needs to be, we've done nothing. We're here. God uses us, but this is all about God. This is God working in our midst. God gives the increase. God's the one who does the work before us. We don't need to be impressing anybody. I'll be honest. The first few years of pastoring, I wanted to impress people. That went out the window a long time ago. And I think some people think, well, pastor, you're still trying to impress somebody. I am. Are you ready? I got one person I'm trying to please and impress tonight. His name is Jesus Christ. If you can be pleased in the process with me, I love that. But if you're not pleased with me, I really don't care. If he's pleased, I'm happy. 
That's pe- you can line up all day long and give me all your complaints all you want. And people do sometimes. And they're needed at times. I get it. If you had a perfect pastor, I would expect perfect members too, okay? Just remember that. So the day you're the perfect member, you can claim to have a, you, need, you can make me have to step up to your perfection. I'm a mess. I know that. I think I'm a little better than what I was 11 years ago, but not much. That ordination I helped with yesterday, <laughs> this guy, he really got raked over the coals by all these older, wiser pastors. They're asking him all his statement of faith, where he stands on everything. I felt so bad for the guy. I got towards the end, I, I raised my hand and I said, I just want you to know, 11 years ago, <laughs> my, ordin- my ordination, they didn't ask me anything, I won't go into that. But I said, 11 years ago, all these questions they're asking you, I would have done worse than you answering these questions. 11 years later, I think I could answer most of those questions today. I also, I also told him, when I started pastoring 11 years ago, I thought I knew a lot. But do you know what I know at 11 years? Are you ready? I know I know a whole lot less today than what I thought I knew 11 years ago. And I still have nothing figured out. And, it, and it's going to, but you got to understand something tonight. God's the one that does the work. We need God. You know, this church does not need a charismatic leader. It doesn't need the best, the fanciest buildings. It doesn't need, it need light. It doesn't even have to have lights. That's proof right there. There are some churches they would add a cow if their light wasn't fixed today. Johnny and I tried yesterday, and Johnny didn't get it to work. So, Mr. Intern, only a few weeks, and you can't even get a light to work? So I don't even know if we're going to keep you. What do I have you around if I'm going to have to fix that light next week? I'm just teasing Johnny. But it was nice that he got to get the ladder, and he got up there and tried to fix it, but that could have been the problem. Maybe I need to get up there and check later. He put that chair together back there, Joe, and he's like, Pastor, there's no directions for it. I looked around in the box, and what do you, he's like, oh, that paper just has some writing on it. It's a letter. On the back of the letter, there's directions for it. It's amazing how that works. That's why you're interning, because I'm helping you, and you're helping me. We're working together. We're helping each other out in all those areas. But you don't have to have the fanciest building. You don't have to have the fanciest pulpit. You don't have to have the greatest piano. You just need God. We need God working. And churches have gotten way too fancy today. They've got all the right lights. They have all the right sounds at the right times. They create all the right everything. You don't need all that. You need God. We need God in this place, and we can never forget the fact that we need God. As we look here about missionaries, and I know you're saying, you're supposed to be talking about missionaries. I know, they're fruitful. Confirmed by new believers, confirmed by witnessing, confirmed by heavenly wonders. In what areas do we see? Look at the three statements that Paul makes in verse the end of verse 18 and to verse number 19. He says, To make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, mighty signs and wonders. Paul makes three statements here that tell us about his ministry and how it was confirmed. It says, By word and deed. That is a life matched the preaching that was preached. And that could be the follow, and that's where we got to be very careful too. Man, we need to be not only, we need to not only be hearers of the word, we need to be doers of God's word. Not come to church on Sunday 
and look like we live one way and then the rest of the week live like the devil in word and deed second thing that you could see there is it says these signs and wonders now there were many times that we see in the, and there are things today we don't have all the signs and wonders they had in the book of Acts no one's speaking in tongues today I hate to admit that I, I hate to burst some of your bubbles tonight tongues was a language it was not some gibberish it was a language don't get your church doctrine from the book of Acts get your church doctrine from Paul's epistle the first time something happened there were mighty signs and wonders done but I want you to understand something God's still in the miracle working business today and God still will do that in his church today we need that today we need God to work we need to see God come through we need God we need his help in the things that we do and then we see not only do we see by word and deed and my signs and wonders but look at the next thing there by the power of the Spirit of God and Paul saying that as he preached the Spirit of God the power of it was evident how we need today in the church how we need fields we just need the power of God we need the power of the Spirit. We don't hear much preached on it today. We don't hear have much about it. But hey, your pastor needs the power of the Spirit of God when he preaches the Word. When we have guests and they need the power of God and the Spirit of God to be working on them. But may I just also remind you tonight that you need the Spirit of God on you. You need His power as you hear His Word preached and to get something from God's Word. We all need the power of God working. And when people come to the house of God, when they come to Victory Baptist Church, I don't want them to come and say, oh, that pastor, he preaches a good message. No, they need to get the power of God in this place. We need God's power. We need less of us and more of God in this place tonight. We see a missionary is fruitful, number two. A missionary is faithful. There are too many quitters today. Too many people that give up. Paul was, we think about being faithful, we think about letter A, the fact that he was committed to Christ's mission. You see that city that we mentioned there? Illyricum, something to that nature. That's the best I'm going to get it tonight. If you take all of Paul's missionary journeys and you add up the mileage, easily close to 2,000 miles he traveled by foot to get the gospel out. You can't even drive five miles sometimes just to go to church. But he didn't go five miles to go to church. He traveled by foot over 2,000 miles to get the gospel out think about that one right now exercising I run five miles a day it's Sunday it's, so I went easy today it was four miles and 4.35 miles today a little less because it's Sunday I walk around on the platform a lot so it makes up it's over five miles by the time I'm done with that five miles takes a long time to add up to 2,000 miles Start walking from here. I went to Bible college near Chicago. That's about 2,000 miles away. He was committed. 
Was it easy everywhere that Paul went? Oh, yeah, super easy. He would come to a city, and they're like, hey, come sit in the finest chair. We'll get you the best food. We will take care of you. You know, I hate to even say this. I called it a missions trip I went on a couple weeks ago. I ate like a pig, drank plenty of coffee, slept in a very nice hotel, and, there was, and everything was great. That's, Paul didn't get a welcome like that when he went traveling. There were some cities they stoned him. There were other cities they hated his guts and wanted nothing to do with the message. But he was committed to Christ's mission to go not only to Jerusalem, but in Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what a missionary does. There's a guy by the name of Sir William McGregor. He was a missionary to Africa. He was once asked why Islam was, a, was spreading far more rapidly um, than Christianity in parts of the world. And this is what he said. It's just this. Every Muslim regards himself as a missionary, and the majority of Christians think it's another man's job to do. It's not my job. It's someone else's job to do. We see that Paul, he was faithful, he was committed to Christ's mission. But not only that, you look at those verses there. It says, look at the end of verse number 19. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. He was faithful to the mission, but he was faithful to the message. Don't water down the gospel. Don't give a cheap grace gospel. He was faithful to the gospel. He was committed to Christ's message. He didn't change it. He preached it the right way. Don't ever lose sight of that. We need to fully preach the gospel. Now, this, this, is, this, is, this even convicted me some as I look through. And, well, it always convicts me, but it's really convicted me some. We see, thirdly, about a missionary, the missionary's focused Look at what Paul says in verse 20 and 21. Look closely at this. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. Paul was focused first of all, on a new foundation. Listen carefully to what he just said. I think, it, I, I love when God brings people from other churches to our church. I think that's, a, I, I love that. I love that God does that. But if we're being honest, what Paul's saying right here, said, I'm not going for someone that's already saved, that's already heard. I want someone who's not heard the gospel. You see that right there? That's what he's saying. That's literally what he's saying. And thank God for those that the Lord brings. And I, I'm a firm believer that God places within a church those that he wants to do the work of the ministry in that place. I'm a firm believer in that. And I believe that if this is your church, that God has you here for a reason. And I know there are some people, they are still deciding if this is where God wants them to be. And at the end of the day, let me be honest with you. If this is not where God wants you to be, go someplace else. This morning, it was so funny. This young, young lady, 
we were talking after church, and she's like, well, I sometimes go to another church. She gave me that look like I was going to be upset about it. I said, good. I'm glad you're in church. Victory Baptist Church is not for everyone. I wish it was. I think the whole city would do good being at Victory Baptist Church. I don't think they need, they would do good being here. They'd be fine. But like that young, that young lady today, I'm just thrilled she's going to church. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. If it's a gospel-preaching church, which it was, praise God for that, they might not have the same standards and convictions that we might have, but if the gospel is preached, praise God, and if that's good for them, good. I'll go to people that leave our church. I just want to know why. That's, you know, is that, that's, is that a terrible thing? Like, there's some people, they just won't tell me why. And just, I don't, I, just let me know. What did I do? What happened? I always try to, leave, try to leave the door open. But, you know, someone doesn't show up for a while, but COVID has totally messed with that. Because, you know, well, we just haven't come because of COVID. It's, we'll see in five years if they still haven't come back because of COVID. We'll see what happens with all that. If someone's leaving here because they're just mad at me, that's a sorry excuse to leave a church. If God calls you to leave a church because he wants you someplace else, then that's the way it should be. But my goal is not to go out into Chino and find those who are going to other churches and be like, we got a better church, come here. No, they have their church. They're going to church. I'm looking for someone who is not saved, that needs Christ and needs a church. I, any door I go to, if I knock on the door and I'm talking to the person at the door and I say, hey, we're from Victory Baptist Church. Got a church you go to? Oh, yeah, we go to, and you know, the bit, in Bible college and things, it was always some Catholic church in Chicago. That's, everyone goes to Catholic church. That's what they'd always say. In Chino here, you hear, we go to Calvary Chapel. That's all. Calvary Chapel this. Calvary Chapel that. Everybody and their grandma goes to Calvary Chapel once or twice a year, but they go. If someone tells me they have a church they go to, I stop talking about our church. I'm not there to steal people from other people's churches. I don't want that. But Paul says the same thing right here. Look at that verse. Look at verse 20 again. He says, Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written to whom he has not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. Paul says he's, got a, he's focused. He's focused on new foundations, and he's focused on new faces. Let her be. We need to be focused on reaching new people. Hey, when's the last time you reached anybody? When's the last time you shared the gospel with anybody? We think about Paul, and we look at his life, and we look at all that he did. I wonder tonight, when's the last time you reached out to someone? Paul talked about himself last week as a soul winner. Talked about himself as a missionary in these verses. When's the last time you shared the gospel with your neighbors? You might say, well, I wasn't called to be a missionary. I get that. Do you support missionaries? Every Christian should be supporting missions. Missions. 
I'm going to make a little bold statement right here, and you might not like the statement, but like I said, I'm not here to please you. We do a disservice in our church by giving 20% of the, everything that comes into missions. This church should take all of its money and take care of the church here, and God's people should be giving to missions. That's how it should be. I'm not changing anything, so don't worry about that, and we're not going to vote to change anything. The more money we give to missions, the better. If we didn't give 20%, we couldn't support all the missionaries. We do. But there are many Christians who've never given a penny to world evangelism. And you'll eat your, you'll eat your McDonald's and drink your Starbucks every day and spend $6 on a coffee, but you couldn't give $5 to a missionary. There's something wrong with that. There are many people, and you look at the, uh, the Macedonians, they gave out of their poverty. We don't even give out of our abundance. And I know, our world, everything's costing more. Gas, everything costs more. Do you know what that means on the mission field? That means their stuff costs more. And what will happen right now in a lot of churches is people will stop giving to missions because their money gets a little tighter. And the missionaries will suffer because we're not living high enough on the hog as we like to live. We don't have all the extras that we want. You might not be called to be a missionary, but we are called to get the gospel to this world. And when there are missionaries out there doing the work, we as God's people need to support them to do God's work. But we also need to be doing the work here. Because we can send our money around the world, but if we're not reaching our mission field that God's given us, we're not fulfilling his task for us. Father, we thank you.